1: Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host Chris. I'm Tim. And today's special guest is Joe Perry.
0: Hey everyone, how are we doing today?
1: Good. How hey. are you Joe? I'm doing Thanks great. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I thought we'd start off by talking about being a professional photographer and using film and preferring that as your medium yeah. and what that's like presenting that to your client and talking about like absolutely. this is my style and this is what this is my look and this is what I prefer and can right. you talk about that a little bit like how is that
0: yeah absolutely I mean you know it's it's definitely all built around trust that is the main thing that mm-hmm. has ever allowed me to be able to do that on a commissioned project but you know a lot of times it it starts by you know when the client truly wants me to shoot how my portfolio re- it resembles me and you Man, know that's that. <laughs> that 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 started uh and, and I noticed that after a while and, and that's why like you know I put together a lot of personal projects that I shot on film and put that as the forefront of my website. So when people ask me, you know, to shoot how I normally do, you know, the main, one of the main tools that I need for that is to shoot it on film. So it depending on the project, you know, in the beginning with new clients, it's kind of hard to get that full trust to solely do it on film. Um, yeah. And I also rarely get that chance. It is kind of a leap of faith <laughs> type of thing, but for the most part, I'll shoot side by side, uh, between digital and film, uh, especially with new clients just to, you know, have that safety net with the digitals to secure that we got what we needed. But in the end, um, I'll have the film to show them and that typically ends up what they like. Um, and then, so moving forward, if I shoot with them again, they have a little bit more trust that, you know, I can deliver good products and something on a, High level on the film as well, so um yeah i i I think that just kind of I kept going with that process for a while, building trust with people um and it just yeah it, people were started to request it um and and really you know accept any time I asked to to do it so yeah. that's that was the best feeling for sure
1: so now, can you give our <clears throat> listeners kind of a background of how you got started because you were like i mean you and I have known each other for years through. We were we were internet friends um, through Flickr, <laughs>
0: the old Flickr days. Yeah,
1: you um, started off as a digital photographer. Like, give can you give our listeners like how you got started in the background too? Yeah, for sure.
0: I grew up in a family uh, very involved in music, um, and so to go back way back to the core of where it started, I was uh, in high school and I had devoted a lot of my time to playing the trumpet, which was nice, kind of, kind nice. of a random thing, but. You know I started early, and I got really good, and it was taking over my life and uh, <laughs> I didn't know that yeah, yeah <laughs> I was traveling like i was I was traveling uh with the all state band, which is like wow it, it like a try out to play instrument you yeah. know and there's like x amount of seats in each uh group of the band, and so yeah i I did that for a little bit, and you know, um, I always kind of wondered if this was you know, something I was going to devote into my future. And um, the second or first year of high school, uh, I took my first photography class and photography had always been something that was just enjoyable for me to do on my own time, you know, with my friends shooting, you know, what we were doing, surfing and skating uh, back home in Florida. And so I had the opportunity to take this photography class and it just kind of was this shock of you know, <laughs> joy that I was like, you know, it was kind like of like that. This is it moment. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, my dad is actually a musician, and he manages this music store. And it was so excited that I was, you know, involved in music and. I'll never forget the day I had to tell him, like, oh, oh, no. Dad, I kind of had a change of heart recently, and I really love photography, and, you know, I need a camera, and I I don't think I want to play music anymore, and can I sell the trumpet? You got me oh. to buy my
2: camera.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Uh,
0: so thank you you know my parents are really supportive they're both artists and and definitely uh backed anything that made us uh that we were passionate about so that's kind of how it started i sold my trumpet and i got my first camera and <laughs> uh from that point on i was um just shooting for fun really and um uh what i was shooting was my life and my friends and a lot of that was in the music scene mm-hmm. um so that really is where the business I guess sort of started I guess it was an accident just started hanging with my friends shooting pictures of their bands and the photos got around and you know then I started to get requests to shoot x show or or promotional photos and it just it just kind of went from there it accidentally happened and I it was something I enjoyed so much and uh yeah I just I kept doing it to the point where I got the opportunity to um go on tour with some artists for a few years man nice. and that's nice. that's kind of what you know started the business i i met people and started the networking and and yeah here i am today now what three years later four years later just kind of never stopped and mm-hmm. it just really kind of you know helped me get to where i'm at today
1: now when you started i know like back on the Flickr days everybody was like a like strobist you know like yeah. like we all had our alien beans. Oh,
0: kit. Yeah.
2: I remember this. Yeah, those oh, yeah. And
0: you would like list all of your gear and uh, mm. you know <laughs> even even specifically down to the numbers of your camera and everything. Yeah. like the, the, yep. the functions and whatnot. That's hilarious. Good times.
1: Do you still shoot like that with with lighting?
0: When necessary, yeah. yeah. Um, I think right now or in the last couple years, I've been super aware of really staying true to the identity that I have as an artist. I want to talk
1: about that, too, because your work is so good, and it's, it's like, I feel like with me, I don't know if, Timothy, you can speak to this, too, like, like I've switched, like, I was a wedding photographer, and then I was this, and now I'm that. Your work, like, you've really defined your style, mm. and I feel like, I'm sure you have to, like, with these clients, they look at your work, and you can almost say, like, if you want that, I have to shoot it on film.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: For most of it.
0: Yeah. I really took a back step. I think it was maybe a year and a half ago because I was shooting stuff that I enjoyed and made me happy, but I felt like my style didn't feel as fluid as I wanted it to be. And so mm. what I what I did was um, I really just put everything in front of me and, and, and really listened to my intuition and, and looked at my work and picked it apart and, and, and was like, okay, out of all of these different things that you're shooting, what lighting patterns are really like, speaking to you the most? What energy in the photo, out of these photos are really speaking to you the most? What colors are really resonating best with you? And, and, and I I was really picky about that. And once I started to notice that thing, those things, uh, it kind of became the structure for the creating new work. You know, I, I I followed these guidelines that I had essentially set for myself. It was just what I loved Mm -hmm. and what i noticed that I loved about work that I had previously made and just kind of kept doing that. And little by little, it like kind of formed this identity that kind of, I guess, yeah. made my work recognizable to me. And that was, that's I mean, that was a huge goal. And that yeah, was that was a really fulfilling moment when I feel like I had a body of work that like felt fluid, but also it felt like me, you mm-hmm. know, it wasn't coming from any other place of someone telling me i needed to shoot a certain way or what's cool at the moment it was it's straight up what i love yeah that's that's kind of how i shaped that and um it feels good to finally have that that structure super important yeah because it's it's a very frustrating thing to kind of like not know that like not know you know what you're like shooting for you know or like what you're trying to make like and but that's all also part of the process I feel like, you know, that frustration of like not knowing, it's actually what fuels you to find that. I think it's just important to like be super aware of what you're doing and listen to your intuition and listen to yourself. And I think it's, it's sadly a hard thing for people to do these days because with the internet, it's Big like time. there's so many people portraying what they're doing and there's this sense of comparison that really We've kills about that yeah. kills uh what's what was something someone told me before it was like comparison is the thief of joy. It was, you know, something yeah, something yeah. so little <laughs> that is like <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's, something that's so little, but on. it like really resonates in in you if you think about it like shit. I'm not happy about my work because I'm comparing it. I'm trying to make it you know what I feel is supposed to yep. be acceptable. And so yeah, I mean, now I'm at the point where I enjoy my work too. And that it took a lot to get to that point even though like, you know, there's that point where you're never satisfied enough, but I think it just took that that moment to listen to myself and like forget about whatever else anyone was doing and what was cool and because, you know, fads fads, you know, kind of go quickly and if you're not doing what you you know what you're true to, you're going to, you know, fade away like fads and trends do, you mm-hmm. know. So,
2: yeah. <laughs> that That's great, though, because just like you said, you kind of got to like step back and pick the things that you truly love about what you're shooting or you're going to go out and <laughs> and have nothing right. in mind. You just go shoot to shoot. And I feel like when I when I leave the house to do something like that. I do mm-hmm. not accomplish anything except for wasting, you know, 10 bucks on a roll yeah. film and <laughs> that, like that kind of whole thing. And I, I caught myself in in a situation like that recently where I was doing the same thing that I always do, just taking a lap around the block and pointing my camera at the same 15 things that I shoot every time I go around the block. And then I got home and I was like, dude, it is time to stop doing that. Just because I love photography doesn't mean that I have to go out and waste yeah, film right. every single day. You know, like, I'm not I'm not proving anything to anyone doing that. And I always feel like, since I have this podcast and I'm this, like, film photography YouTuber, that I have this commitment to going out and being <laughs> all I can be yeah. <laughs> with photography. And, dude, yeah. it's... Mm, I, I waste yeah. so much film sometimes. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's times where I learn something new or you know maybe i do turn on to something else mm-hmm. that i enjoy shooting going out and doing that or i i learn a lot about framing and and kind of working with a subject when i shoot the same subjects on the way to work all the time like there is a lesson to be learned with stuff like that but also just like forcing yourself to go out and and do something when you're not when there's no purpose or whatever like that that whole thing like i i love that i love hearing you you kind of said that at the right time for me to hear that. And I'm sure people listening to this now will also agree with, with that.
0: I definitely feel the same. I I feel like it's important to experiment first. Like you have to go out and be open to, you know, hitting those senses inside of, you know, like, and, and then I think, I think it's just, you have yeah. to back it up with awareness and like recognizing like, okay, what what was it that just kind of, like, sparked this thing inside of me, you know? Like, oh, wait, the way the light kind of was in this scenario. I like that, and I want to keep looking for yeah, scenarios yeah. like that. It's so easy to, like, go about these these moments and, like, shoot these photos. Yeah, be happy in a moment, like, oh, that was probably a sick photo. But, like, when you pass by it and you don't even remember, like, oh, why was – what like, what resonated, that's, like – you know you're missing these <laughs> yeah. like tips that your 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 mind is giving you to be like hey this is you like this is like your identity and you got to remember that
1: <laughs> very true yeah.
0: yeah yes
2: it was funny when you were talking about um shooting digital and film for a client and i think it's that safety because we live in the now you know what i mean like everybody the turnaround of things is so fast nowadays and while you were talking about that um pack film like polaroids like how they used to professionals would do you know shoot a couple polaroids to show the client you know this is the scene and this is what it's going to look like and you have it to check your exposure and to make sure that you know you're where you want to be with the shot and (laughs) <laughs> come on polaroid yeah, right. or fuji like don't don't do this like there's so many niche things and like just the fact that you know you sell yourself on shooting film like that is yeah. that is amazing in this like time and generation and I, I don't know, I would just hate for that to, like, to have to pack, I, I don't even have a professional digital camera anymore, you know what I mean? Like, that that's long gone, but like, that doesn't mean that I don't want to do or I'm yeah. capable of doing yeah. professional work with film, you know, like, I'm fully capable of doing it, but to sell that to somebody without having anything, you know, like a like a Polaroid or a digital camera back that I can show them, like, look, this is yeah. the shot, like, this is what it looks like. You know, it's it's. I would just hate to see <laughs> pack film go away. Basically, this is me yeah. kind of pleading. Were always like, <laughs> to, please don't take away our the, pack film. And I was yeah. actually
1: thinking about on the drive over here, one of the first times we like ever met in real life. Oh yeah. I had my that that black and white I couldn't find it. Yeah. Did I give that to you or did I keep it?
0: No. Um
1: anyway, I had my Pull apart Polaroid camera, and I took a really cool shot of him at a coffee shop. We I either at.
0: have a picture of it that I took on my phone of the actual thing, or I have it somewhere in the cabin. That
1: was like what five, four years ago now. How long have you been yeah, out here? About, yeah, almost five years. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's
2: yeah. yeah time time flies, guys. <laughs> but that time time, just flies. Yeah, please don't
1: take away our pack film.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you're if you're solely a film photographer in these days, uh, the work just. I don't know. It's just hard for people to just trust you, even though like the work essentially should yeah. speak for itself. Like you hired me cause you like the work that I do. The work that I do is shot on film. You're not going to see it, but this there's like, you should just trust me because you already love my work and I'm going to shoot. Like, especially with, with film, it's like, exactly. There's no opinions on the, on to be had. Like you're shooting, through your eye like no one can see the image on the back mm-hmm. of the screen be like oh try this what if you try this nope it's you <laughs> it's like you so it's like you know people. i don't know I, I i just think it's such a far-fetched idea these days and people love instant yeah. you know kind of things but then there's the polaroids just like we speak of so there's a there's a way around it. Have yeah. you?
1: What's your, your biggest campaign that you've done like completely on film? Was the Urban Outfitter stuff you did on just all on film? Ooh, uh, let's see. I like mm. the stuff for the ten sunglasses. Yeah, no, probably Urban.
0: Urban. Urban um, definitely understands that sort of aesthetic because it's it's kind of what they have built their brand around like more raw. And and so they were they were like yeah. you know without question okay for you know do do it you know especially you know going back to my work and seeing that I've done it before for other commission jobs like it, it it allows a little bit of that trust to happen but yeah that was probably the biggest one and, and I was so happy that I had those opportunities because it helped for other opportunities mm-hmm. happen because they saw that I was able to execute a campaign. Um, on film, and you know, it definitely allowed other people to trust me to do that. So,
1: how many uh, roles was that? How many roles do you like show up with?
0: Honestly, not a lot, because I think you know the whole process of film made me makes me a lot more selective. So, I'm not a film shooter who just shoots through the roles at all. Like, I shoot Man. a lot less. Yeah. But the photos become are better because I'm thinking about what I'm shooting. I'm 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 mm-hmm. slowing down a little bit. i I'm, I'm to, to a certain degree. There are spontaneous moments, but other than that, yeah, I, I'm saying no a lot more because you know I'm restricted to X amount of frames, and I think I do that to myself on purpose, like not getting enough film yeah, to a yeah. certain degree. <laughs> like that's kind of a dumb thing to to do, <laughs> but like obviously I'll have enough to make it happen, but like you know, nothing more than that. Just, just so I can like focus on getting what I need within this. And it always ends up
2: working out for me. Yeah. I was, I was super surprised when I did, I did an engagement shoot and that, you know, they wanted film. So I did the whole film thing. And I was so surprised that I only shot three rolls of film. I shot two 35s and one 120. And I was so paranoid that I didn't get, Get it, you know. But then I th- like just like you said, like after I developed them and looked at them, and I was just like, man, these are like every single mm-hmm. one yeah. is a is a keeper. And I know for a fact if I would have done a digital thing, I would have yeah. I would yeah. come in <laughs> with three thousand photos and been so torn on all those photos, you know, like oh, but this one's yeah. good, but her hair's a little weird, you know, like they were they just worked because you make sure that their hair's out of their face, you make sure yeah. that they're not blinking, you know, like you really yeah. do take your time with it and that and it's funny i'm thinking the whole time we're talking about this i'm thinking like when people shoot digital they're throwing like an agfa vista filter on their their
0: their file anyway they love the they love the aesthetic about they love like the quality of it but no one i mean i Mm -hmm. can't say no one most people are you know aren't courageous enough to like give themselves those limitations yeah. and that's what that's what shapes you as a photographer i mean like you have to you have to go through that those Agreed. those kind of it's like training you know mm-hmm. like to get you know <laughs> yes. train your eye i i think people are just like shooting digital photos and what i like to call spray and pray you know you just shoot a bunch into until you you know know that maybe something something's going to be in there versus like knowing your go-to things that you like because you've developed that Mm You know, through shooting film,
2: it's pretty cool though because I know some people that that are film shooters that still shoot yeah. digitally for work and stuff. Yeah, and, Me. yeah, <laughs> and I, I do too. Yeah. Like,
0: I don't. Sadly, I don't get the opportunity to shoot film on every commission job. But
2: I think you can take the whole shooting film thing with you digitally though. Like, you can think about it. Smaller memory cards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a trick. Well that and just you know just I, I don't know i feel like if i would shoot something digitally now like i would definitely cuz i'm so kind of muscle memoryed to shooting film that i would be Yeah
0: no no i think there's i i totally agree i think there's a couple ways you know like maybe uh smaller memory cards yeah. uh putting a, a a tape over your screen you know there's there's ways to kind uh, of yeah. give yourself that same satisfaction of you know limitation and you know trusting your 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 eye uh and i I think that's i think that yeah that that should be done often to like you know kind of familiarize that process while you're shooting digital too so you can go about it the same way and, and get those same type of results that you would if you shot film
2: Man, I just I just always feel like we should throw like a little thing in here that it's it's not the film versus digital no, why exactly. we talk about things like this. Like I, I I mean, I totally feel like there is a time and a place for digital photography and yeah. I, I, I hate you know, I, I'm not trying to ever <laughs> poke the bear with this thing. I just kind of, yeah, <laughs> I just love film and like, I, you know, and and it's pretty cool that you know you get to you get to work these awesome gigs by your film film work. Like that's yeah. all. I think that's what our dream is in this whole thing is to be hired and taken on for things yeah. that we do. You know what I mean? Like our style yeah. and like our look. Like that's that's definitely. Yeah. I would be yeah. so stoked and anytime it does happen yeah. I'm like, oh, like yeah. I'm gonna mess this uh, up now no, it definitely <laughs> is
0: is a great uh opportunity that I've been given and and um you know it fulfills me so much more you know I, I love the work that I'm able to make and it's like oh, yeah. you know knowing that you made these or captured these moments without like having to shoot a million frames like it was solely like you know from the heart or from the eye and like just they mean more you know Mm -hmm. and and, like i i want my work to mean something to me i don't want to just like make work to make work so when i get to make it on film like it definitely like you know resonates better with me so that's definitely like awesome
2: other than like Mm -hmm. the professional work that you're doing do you do any kind of like personal stuff do you do any like want to do any books or zines or
0: yeah well i i i've done a few uh personal books that were just honestly made for myself yeah
2: those are the best that's i love hearing that
0: there's something about holding your work in your hands like having that tangible sensation Mm -hmm. um and uh so i've done a few that way i would say eventually like i'd I'd like to do i'd like to do like a proper published book but yeah I, i i'm trying to just be patient on it you know like i want it to be like a nice girthy book so i think i think it's doing like hardcover oh yeah. yeah like a nice hardcover coffee table fine yeah. art photography absolutely book and that's really what i what i enjoy to do on the side uh work that's a little bit more in the fine art realm which you know includes subjects sometimes and sometimes it's not uh i have this project yeah. this ongoing project uh that i've been doing uh called beauty pockets and it's it's on my site it's it's kind of the only ongoing project that i've been doing for so long and it's it's just it's kind of hard to explain for me it's 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 po- it's it's pockets of of light that kind of like accentuate certain things in an image it kind of gives it this open ended like makes you ponder about what's happening, type of feeling, kind of yeah, yeah, you know, light in the dark kind of sense. Uh, so th- that's been that's on my side. and it's kind of uh, been building up over the years, and and I think as of now, that's the only type of book that I can think of making but you never know like projects will come about and and I know once I find something that really resonates with me I'll continue to shoot it on the side but I like to have that constantly running in the back of my head always like my personal project just like wherever I'm going and traveling I always remember to like look for those moments and places and things and
2: that's That's how I would just
0: like naturally organically build until I have like a good collection that Mm -hmm. I'm solid with and ready to put on paper
2: i love a personal project like that that you don't have to like technically go out and shoot for it's kind of just something that happens
0: no totally and that also comes going back to like what we were talking about like being aware of things that you're drawn to you know as far as like creating your identity but also like oh yeah project ideas like we're we're, we all kind of get struck by ideas that we think of or things that we pass or things that we see and I, i think it's just really important to like remember those things whether it's writing them down or just like you know letting it you know settle in you enough to keep going forward with that idea and like seeing where it goes versus dismissing it and just letting it kind of happen because uh, that's you know a lot of those projects and things that i've been into kind of started that way just like huh well that's something that yeah <laughs> i
1: probably want to like keep thinking huh. about <laughs> i love it so you, you said i didn't know that book was just for you i thought like which one the one you showed me at your studio uh, The yearbook. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was, there's only one edition of that. It's the one that was there. And, and basically, I mean, it's called The Yearbook. It was just a book of personal snapshots that I've taken throughout the year of 2016. That's a great idea. So it was just like a, a treat or present to myself, yeah. essentially. Like, I wanted to see, you know, all that I had made this year, and I also wanted to, like, curate a book and like print out my work and like it's so Mm. fun i enjoy doing that so much and i hadn't had a, a project essentially that i was working on but i thought it would be cool to like constantly do these every year just to like show what you've made and also to like show growth throughout the years um and see your progression as an artist so yeah that was that was solely for myself i thought about selling it but you know i i more so just enjoy showing my friends and talking about it and talking about the moments that were in there yeah
2: because uh, sure. it is
0: kind of personal it's like i, I know i always I, I always tell myself i have to get over the fact that no one's going to understand my pictures <laughs> you know because we all have attachments <laughs> to moments that we've snapped and like you know some of us feel like oh like i don't want to show this to anyone or like you know it's it's just a personal you know, moment that I knew what happened at that time. Mm-hmm. And it, like what's actually happening in the photo doesn't make sense. And mm-hmm. people are going to think it doesn't make sense, but actually <laughs> there's something significant about it. <laughs>
2: but that's the great, that's the great thing about this though, because what you get out of that photo can be completely interpreted. Oh, yeah. Like completely that. different to like, mm-hmm. to like me, yeah. you know what I mean? It, I could get something completely different out of that. That's fulfilling and, and all that, yeah. all that jazz, you know, that's the cool thing about, you know, all the greats photo books and stuff like that, like I get a completely different story out of, you know, so-and-so's book than probably what they're, what they were trying to portray or, you know, that's, that's the great thing about art and photography that it's, you know, it's kind of, there's, there's a give and take on both Mm. ends, you know what I mean? Not just the photographer, it's, you know, we we as viewers, like I'm a big photo book collector. Like that's a big thing for me. Like I, it's like baseball cards now in my adult years, you know? And it's, it's because I get something out of it. I'm not just like doing it for bragging rights. It's like, I sit like right next to my desk right now. I have three books that I'm going through again, like for the 17th time, you know? And it's like, Mm. there's something to learn from it.
0: And even some that don't strike you in the, in the beginning, like because your, your headspace, you know, into something else. And then you come back to it, and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that didn't resonate before kind of strike you, and you're like, huh. And then it just kind of like sparks these other ideas in your head or perception, uh, perceptions about this moment. And yeah, that's I mean, I I so much enjoy doing that as as means to like, you know, help me ignite ideas in my own head, not as a means to like, yes, uh, recreate moments, but
2: you know, perceive them mm-hmm. my own, you know, so. And also, I just wanted to chime in one last thing about this whole photo book thing. I, I've been saying that I think I said that a couple episodes ago, or maybe even every episode that we do this, I say that at the end of the year, like, I think that is a super important thing that at the end of the year, you should not, even you know, take your best of or your greatest hits That's a of really great 2017 idea. Yeah. and, and throw it together in a book, even if you don't even care about the, uh, what is the sequencing of the whole thing, just just get it put together so you have it on your bookshelf and you can just you know imagine the leap yeah. you've taken from 2015 yeah. to 2018 you know what i mean and just to see that progression is, is even if no one else sees it
1: yeah if you think about like people that were in your life five years ago who aren't anymore yeah you know and you, like i have pictures mm-hmm. of these people all i don't really talk to anymore mm-hmm. but i always have them captured in this time mm-hmm. that i can look back on
2: their time stamps yep.
1: yeah that's a really good.
2: There's so much that's involved with this thing. It's it's insane. You know, heavy on the memories for yeah. sure.
1: And, like, people don't really do that anymore. Like, uh, my, I mean, you go back to your, you know, my, my parents' house and we have all the photo books of, like, all the pictures that were printed of when we were kids. And, like, yeah. we don't do that anymore. I mean, it's on Instagram or, or whatever. but
0: Or it goes into your iCloud yeah. or a place where you don't see it yeah no there's some sort of magic that happens by opening a tangible book and like mm-hmm. being able to hold these memories that were not tangible you know they're like moments i don't know i i I think it's i i honestly get a kick at uh going to the flea markets on the weekends and a lot of there'd be like you know some vendors that have just Tubs of old oh, yeah, like photographs at Melrose, like, right? Yeah, Melrose Trading Post? at, at yeah. random people's lives, like. I, and you at,
1: know what's crazy about that? Not to drop you, but like, there's always a swarm of people. There is the
0: because pe- there's like, people are feeling that magic. I feel like it's like these nostal this nostalgic feeling, or like like hint into someone else's life that you have no idea about, and like you're so mm-hmm. curious. Like it's definitely this, I think curiosity type thing. About like who you know where they were, what they were doing, like what was happening, like
1: why are these? Why are they now in this box at a flea market? Yeah, like.
0: exactly. That's <laughs> what, kind of that's also a story? Kind of sad like, to me yeah. too. Man. Like man, I hope my photos never. I mean, I hope mine just get passed down to family yeah. members. You know, never to be ended up on a street or so, i mean being sold.
1: It's like you know think about like one of my favorites i've talked about before Vivian And i was just going to mention mm-hmm. her. Yeah, well, well, her photos were found in a trash can. Yeah, they were there the guy found that he bought them in an auction. Oh my gosh. And was like what did like
0: and he scanned them. It, oh, it was the negatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. What a story.
1: Yeah.
2: Dude, there's there's a whole did you see the whole new lady that they found? No. She's from Russia. No. There's I, man, i'd have to look up her name. Hold on, it, they're calling her the Russian Vivian Mare. It's like it's it's literally just as good or better oh, no, than Vivian wow. stuff. Get it? Hey, well, hey, take a take a minute and and look it up. It's probably not better, but it's it's still another cool. solid story. Like, there's so many people that you know. Maybe not so many people, as in like Vivian's out there, that were like shooting amazing work and just never cared to have it seen. Like, that goes to show you again, like, how fulfilling this thing is. Like, even yeah, not yeah. showing your work, you know what I mean? Like, we get no, something out no. of it. I like, mean, there's we're, this, we're, like, we're
0: doing this for ourselves, essentially. Like, if you're not doing it for yourself, oh my goodness, yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're, yeah, I mean, that's that seems to be like something happening now though you know people picking up a camera for the wrong reasons but you know it doesn't affect me I you know doing my thing for myself and try to be self-assuring and not sort of need um, affirmation from any other pe- people than myself you know yeah it's nice It's
2: yeah there's a lot yeah. of that going on <laughs>
1: so true so what are some of your like we're talking about your style mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite film stocks that you like to find your style. I don't um, think I know the answer, but honestly,
0: <laughs> I'm a big portrait fan. Um, I really enjoy Portrait 800. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, I don't know. I, again, like after the years of shooting these stocks, like you really start to recognize all the distinctive qualities about them. Um, for me, I love that. Portrait 800 has this Creamy Warmthness to it but there's like Kind of this blue Shift in the shadows slightly Uh, I feel like to me That that resembles like old Cinema stock You know like the, y- the mix of yellow and blue together like i don't know it's just so pleasing to me and i i enjoy it and i feel like the grain the, the film grain is nice at 800 it's not like overly done it's there and it makes it feel like film and uh, but other than that portrait 400 is my main go-to stock uh, i shoot it at box speed and it works great for me i have recently been shooting cinestill which i really enjoy as well um I think it's hard because like oh yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. so amazing. Wh-
1: which one do you shoot? The, so
0: the... I've shot both, uh, but I I now only enjoy the 800 uh, speed, it seems like the tungsten. Like it. And it's cool because same, at night it's here. beautiful because it's tungsten balanced and like you could go and like shoot street lights or in the subway or like all those places and it, and it looks really cool and and all these and all the lights have this like red halo around it which is like. It's so cool it looks like all the old cinema, like, yeah like movies
1: uh, get out with, with more um, of that
0: so. but also what I've recently discovered which is great seeming that it is tungsten balanced super blue if you shoot it in the daylight and it's really cool like you know uh, if you can stop down enough uh, and shoot 800 during the day it's really nice like you get this again very cinematic blue to everything and, and it's it's beautiful I love it so yeah that's that's been you know typically the three that I dabble with. I don't really shoot portrait one sixty uh it's 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 nice i just i don't know i like i like having four hundred yeah. in case of you know the change of lighting scenarios and have a little bit of room
1: any black and white
0: oh man, I used to shoot a lot of black and white as of recently I haven't because i've just I don't know, been enjoying color. Uh, As weird as that sounds, I mean, it's, I don't know. I think for also, like, going back to what we started talking about, like identity and everything, I think finding a color palette that kind of, was fluid throughout my work was also a ch- uh, a, ch- a challenge and a goal of mine to achieve. And then, so once I started to find colors that I really felt resonated with my body of work, then I didn't want to shoot black and white anymore. Cause I was like, oh, it's all looking fluid and cool. And, but you know, every now and then, like I, I will throw a roll in there or even just turn some film that I've shot in color into black and white, just cause I like that, you know, quality. But, um, yeah. Yeah, not much black and white lately. That's I okay. need to though. I miss it now. Now that uh, That's okay. what did they just bring back? Thirty-two hundred.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, Kodak. I have to tell you a funny story about that off mic, but <laughs> yeah, uh, real, yeah, thirty-two hundred T What is it? T Max thirty-two
0: hundred. Did you great. have you seen?
1: The, um, Darkroom Trev got a, his hands on a roll, and he posted about his results, and it's very fine grain it looks like hmm. yeah so i'm excited
2: really cool yeah i'm i'm excited I, i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait to get some until the hype's burned out everybody's all you know
1: yeah but sammy's wow. yeah i was like if i i, I called today and i was like if i can if they have it i'll go get it if they don't have it i'm not
2: gonna
0: yeah and <laughs> they're bringing back a few kodak uh yeah, Ekt- ektachrome for- right And what's the other one yeah.
2: that's a just the ektachrome at the moment it's funny though because you still see the people that are like, next, next, you need to bring back Kodachrome. And do you think it'll ever come back? I really, I don't. It's a completely different chemical mm. compound, so I, I just don't see them. And like everyone's like, it's, it's a hazardous oh chemical God. and blah blah blah. Let's
1: just be happy with what they're giving us, guys. <laughs> like,
2: right? Yeah. It'd be greedy, dude. I would be so stoked on the Ektachrome. Yeah. Like I, I have a, I have a couple rolls ready to develop. I was actually thinking about doing it if we don't run super late tonight, but I doubt <laughs> I will. Um, but I, I'm excited to see because um, oh, what's his name? I'm I'm blanking. It's a photographer that I've been checking out every time we do this mm-hmm. podcast, and I want to remember this guy's name. <laughs> I cannot remember it for the life of me. And then we'll we'll stop this, and I'll be editing, and I'm like, "You're such a moron, Fred." Fred Herzog. That's Yay. who it is. He cool. he's like an old, you know, an old '60s, '50s, '70s maybe. I'm not exactly sure what his time frame is, but he shot a lot of Ektachrome, and it's just amazing looking like it's timeless you know like it just looks really hmm. really cool and that's awesome i hope that that's i hope that that's what the new ectochrome yeah. looks like i hope it has that old old feeling to it i have a
0: roll right up there actually um that oh, yeah, I can see it. my uh one of the girls at the lab that i go to gave me she just had an extra one in there she's like hey here's a little I More have a present And I was like
1: What I have a roll In my fridge That's from the year I was born
0: Wow Wow So
1: I'm just Going to keep that as a I know moment. I'm not
2: going to Use that <laughs> yeah. either That's sitting on the shelf Yeah I didn't, I didn't know They made color film That long right? ago
1: Right uh, <laughs> um, You shot some Super 8 stuff
2: before it yeah
0: said. yeah i have recently um well a super I, I have a 16 millimeter camera it's a bolex oh
2: geez that's like my life right there i would love to get into that
0: yeah it's great uh it was kind of something that i uh was interested in at a time and just curiously went on craigslist or i think it was craigslist yeah and just so happened to be a nice well kept bolex for a great price down the street from me, and I was like, wow, if this isn't a coincidence, That's meant to be. yeah, and so yeah. I kind of pulled the trigger and kind of you know experimented with it, and it's really great. I, I enjoy it, um, and it's interesting. Uh, shooting the film stock it's uh Kodak Vision T 500 yeah uh, or is Kodak Vision 500T that's what it is uh but it's the same stock that they use for uh the Cinestill 800
2: yeah um oh, so dang. all
0: those same qualities like the red fog around the lights and the colors were exactly the same Yeah, that's really cool
2: yeah i'm excited i have uh i have a friend who's we made a barter like that i would develop it if uh He's, he bought, like, a, I forget, it's like a 500-foot roll of mm-hmm. it. And he's like, if you develop my half, like, I'll split the roll with <laughs> you. You know what oh. I mean? And I was like, yes, yeah. I'll do
0: that. <laughs> that's, the, that's the the hard part. It's it's expensive to process and scan here. I, oh,
1: did you go to that place in Burbank?
0: Yeah, so it's called Pro8. Uh, like uh, su- uh, Pro8, Pro yeah, yeah Pro8. Yeah. And so basically you could purchase... A couple different sizes uh, of scan uh, of the scan. Um, so I purchased like I guess the, the one in the middle, like the standard one. Um, and so yeah. between the process and uh, put on a CD, it's I think it's like 140 bucks. So yeah, That's for a two <laughs> no and joke. a half minute clip. <laughs> Mm. um Jeez. but yeah it's i mean it's fun it's i still will waste money on it yeah. you know just to fulfill that you know sense what happens of, if you
1: don't nothing comes out like oh god forbid oh i would be so burnt oh my god
0: yeah i was so Look i mean i'm always so nervous because again i'm you know it's it's different using metering for those cameras mm-hmm. and mm. half the time i feel like i'm guessing so yeah it's definitely nerve-wracking and then you get it back and you're like
1: Oh, few yeah,
0: there. Feet. all right oh, cool yeah <laughs> but i enjoy it it's really great and i try to shoot as much as possible but like i said again it's kind of pricey and um but it's cool like once i shot one video on it like i show it to clients every once in a while in case they would like to have it as an additional yeah, thing for and, sure and i was like all right well it's
1: gonna cost this yeah put <laughs> that in your uh budget. yeah
2: yeah but it's it's wild though because i was thinking about like just you know just hearing you talk about it and and two and a half minutes two and a half three mm-hmm. minutes is actually a long it time is. It really if you is. think about it in the video world because yeah. I'm halfway through editing a new video and you know I'm six minutes in and it and it feels like an entire lifetime in right. six <laughs> totally. minutes of what you can fit into that so I mean that's really not that bad no, if you would like to budget in music video something like yeah. that like that would definitely be Even doable like, I, mean,
0: I, I feel like those type of cameras work really well on like any sort of road trip you yeah. know because they kind of oh, have yeah, that yeah, like sure. sporadic jittery sort of like spontaneous Mm -hmm. look and style to it that it works so well in those moments but uh yeah two and a half minutes is is plenty like you know even the 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 couple videos that i did like i've had to cut some out because it was you know unnecessary but like this average person's attention span that's why like even most songs and Mm -hmm. whatnot are about that length so it works
2: it's cool it's crazy to think that in (laughs) in an average i do a lot of research on making videos and editing and stuff like that and the the average clip to to retain a person's attention in this add driven Mm -hmm. world is between four and seven seconds like once you start to hit the eight second mark of a clip like, people are already, their minds, like, they're already, like, their eyes are moving off the image. You know what I mean? Like, they're already, totally. like, looking at the, the, like, the other feed of what videos are That's next. why, like, you know, crazy. I, and it's
0: funny, because of that specific thing, I, I feel like, you know, most companies are noticing that. And they're, so like, creating this social content, any sort of social content, or content mm-hmm. in general, because everything is used for social content, is, like, so sensitive, because it has to be, like eye-catching has to like oh yeah because now it's like there's such a sensory overload on the internet like you really got to put something i don't know interesting there to like catch someone's eye or like make them spend more than a couple seconds staring at it you know it's wild wild we live in a wild world now (laughs) wild digital age it's
2: too quick too quick it's too quick all right guys this is part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners and this week's question comes from christian luna He asks, medium format or 35? And if medium format, what size?
0: Honestly, the number one thing I always say about this is it depends on what you're shooting and how you shoot. I feel like medium format is a lot slower of a process, um, although you do have a lot of advantages to shooting medium format. Um, Firstly image size the negatives are way bigger and that affects the image quality big time Um, and um, you know you, you just you have a lot more of a dynamic range the detail is a lot more uh, intense than 35 but you know they're all it's a look essentially so it's it, it mm-hmm. comes down to preference and what you're shooting i personally love uh medium format i mean after shooting 35 millimeter for so long i think i just craved a tad bit more quality mm-hmm. while still kind of having those film qualities um yes and so once i started shooting medium format it was kind of like the answer to my you know hope of getting a little bit better range of image uh, quality and and i i guess uh oh, i'm going blank here i would say medium format
2: that's the answer there's a the second half of that question what what size so what mm. what medium format camera are you shooting oh i'm shooting a
0: pentax 67 at the moment um so nice. re- regarding size um so you have your 67 um your 645 and then there's the square formats, six, six by six, six. Yeah. and there's even mm-hmm. six by nine. Um, a friend of mine has yeah. a p- pretty cool six by nine Fuji camera. But I think, I mean, personally, I like the bigger size of negatives, uh, because I feel like if you're gonna, Shoot medium format, you might as well have it be a leap from 35 millimeter. <laughs> yeah, uh, six four five is great, and you still get that depth that you, you know that comes yeah. with shooting medium format. Just the image size is you know not that much bigger, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I I enjoy um, 67 seven. Uh, the camera that I'm using is a Pentax 67 seven. It's um, a fairly inexpensive medium format. There's different versions of it. There's a, a, a cheaper one and a more expensive one. Uh, but the the basic one um, is a great camera. Uh, you know, a lot of medium format cameras have a, a little bit of a different body shape that, uh, with like a yeah. waist level viewfinder, whereas the Pentax kind of feels like a regular camera and, and holds in your hand like a regular camera. You don't have to look through a. a like a waist level viewfinder or something different to look
2: or even or even like an awkward prism yeah because the, like the boxier you know the boxier medium format cameras can get pretty awkward even holding a prism up to your yeah eye. you know absolutely. like that they get a little absolutely. weird too. there's like it's like
0: backwards like you know what i mean i don't know how that works <laughs> but i i it just you know in moments for me like it's there's too much and I I feel like I mess up images more because you know I react one way and like it put me the other way in the frame you know yeah uh, <laughs> so that's why I mean yeah the Pentax 6.7 seven has worked for me and and it's it's a great camera it's definitely slow it's a clunky chunky mm-hmm. device but um, it's great I enjoy it really a lot it's a it's a great camera
1: cool Timothy.
2: Yeah, I think I think you nailed it with most with most parts of things that you that, that you said there. I mean, I I agree. You know, if you're doing something in in a hurry or like it's kind of documentary mm-hmm. style, I would definitely roll with like a thirty five millimeter mm-hmm. and you know, cruise around like that, rangefinder, exactly. SLR or something like that. Yep. But if you have time, you're doing like a portrait session or you're doing some studio work, man, get out your tripod and put, you know, an RZ RB mm-hmm. 67 you know, pen. Tax, put that thing on the tripod, set up some really nice shots because you will be blown away Mm -hmm. with a six by seven negative. I mean, I was just talking to somebody today about this where I said, you know, six seven in the medium format is it reminds me so much of shooting four by Mm -hmm. five because the negative it just gives it this like classic feel Mm -hmm. to it. I, I don't know when you when you do that for the first time when you shoot like a six by seven camera for the first time, you're just like. You're kind of taken back with how much real estate is on that negative, yeah. like, and how much information. Like, it almost feels like you're cheating. You have that much information retained on that negative, but I don't know, man. It's just kind of time and place and what you have time for and what, well, yeah, you where know, you're going for yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Totally.
1: Well, I sh- every I shoot a lot of thirty-five just in general. I'm a big fan of compact cameras my shika t4 mm-hmm. joe has a funny story we'll get to that uh, about what happened to his but uh yeah i mean i every time i do shoot shoot um the medium format i'm always like damn why don't i do this more yeah. um, it's yeah. just like it's, I, my pentax 645 i may put like well i had some issues with it but it's it's back from repair and ready to go you you look at it, and you're like what mm-hmm. <laughs> what this is like 3d almost yeah. um yeah. i also do like my um tlr my shika the six by six is a fun size yeah it's kind of like Instagram. It's maybe why I like it, but yeah, definitely it challenges like, you. Mm-hmm. I can also do some fun, yeah, now um, sure. double exposures with that mm-hmm. that camera too. So that's fun. Yeah, but yeah. There's time and a place. I agree. Exactly.
0: With that. It comes down to that place and time, and, and you know how you shoot. Like if you're a fast shooter and, and you, you like shooting spontaneous moments and action or anything like that, then you, you know, will probably benefit more from shooting 35 millimeter. And if you enjoy or shoot, you know, a little bit more static subjects or moments, or just even have the time within movement to be still and set your camera and do that, I mean, I would, I would definitely recommend uh, medium format, yeah, for
1: sure. yeah. I mean, medium format's like for me because I'm, I, I don't want to say like I'm smaller, so it's like it's heavier and it's mm. like you know, <laughs> yeah, really, and especially that Pentax, really heavy. Oh power, yeah, right? you have
0: to make a commitment yeah. with your wrists. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll probably have carpal tunnel. Yeah. In the <laughs> It's all worth it.
2: <laughs> but don't don't forget, rules are meant to be That's broken. True. That's right. Like I, I took my RB six seven and shot an entire book of street photography photos Ooh, with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, again, it's like it's it's whatever you're feeling, man, whatever tool works Ooh. for the job kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah.
1: Okay, so real quick, I came over, Joe asked if he can borrow one of my mm-hmm. my compact cameras, my Ishika. So I, I happened to have my T five, it wasn't loaded. So I get here. I'm like, what happened to yours? So tell the story, cause
0: I always feel like I have to tell, the, have story to tell the story to people. Because <laughs> you like, have one, don't you? Know about these cameras and know how like how how much of a tank they are. Like you know, it can really take a beating. Mm-hmm. But the way mine died was the most random bizarre way you would ever imagine uh i mean i'm you know i can't talk it up too much it's just a funny scenario but i was in milan italy um and i was with a group of people you know doing a very italian evening on a rooftop drinking wine hanging out it was dusk you know there were candles lit and i had (laughs) Stepped up for a moment to I think go to the restroom or something and I had my T4 sitting next to me on the roof and I stood up and I tipped over a candle and the wax dripped all inside the like it literally was so perfectly aligned it tilted right over onto the camera and the face of the lens was open. Uh, and it literally dripped right onto the lens inside the entire body, uh, and I was like, I, I, I stood there for a moment. Uh, <laughs> start to
1: cry. And
0: no, I it just it took it took me a second to. It, I was just speechless. I was like, yeah. What? This camera has fallen off the roof of my car while driving. It is. It has been thrown. It has fallen on the ground. It has taken beatings in so many ways. And this is how you go.
1: Yeah. That's
0: how you go. And I was like, what? Like I wish you fell off the building. I wish it just slipped off this roof and crashed. I would have been like, well, there she goes. Yeah. But the way it died was like the most random way. And you know, I still had a little hope that it was salvageable, so the next day I spent the entire day almost uh, roaming around Milan for a very tiny screwdriver to open the thing, and so I finally found one hours later uh, and I opened it up with high hopes to find all these little wires and all these little mechanical things just covered in wax and I'm like oh, wow. well that's that's done I'm gonna have to either take a lighter to this and, and, melt, and, it and melt it off <laughs> while not you know affecting. You know all the mechanics, That's but I, it was just—it oh done. I actually I kept it, and it's sitting in my drawer, and it's definitely a good keepsake and storyteller yeah. for now. Nef- Don't throw it out, absolutely oh, yeah. Never, <laughs> never, ever, ever. That thing has far too many memories. It's yeah, exactly. To many states and many countries, and yeah, I'm definitely that uh borderline hoarder mm-hmm. of of <laughs> things that have sentimental value yeah. and memories like that, like. Even down to shoes, you know, like <laughs> sometimes when I'm done with a pair of shoes, I have trouble throwing them out because I'm like, man, all the places that I walk in these, you know, <laughs> it's kind of corny. That's such a good story. Right. So I had yeah. to, I had
1: to share that one, yeah. listeners, especially since they you know I'm a T4 <laughs> file. I mean,
0: anyone who knows <laughs> T4s, I think they'll get a kick out yeah. of that knowing how like, you know, durable those things can be. They'll really can take a beating, but yes, be careful around Wax. candles. candles.
1: Don't let it fall on your lens. <laughs> yeah. Any, any lens. Yeah. But anyway, thank you for that question, Christian. That was really awesome. We we appreciate it. Yeah, that. that was great. For sure. Really quick, our listeners do enjoy when we ask our, our guests, like, what is your desert island camera, if you had to take one? Oh, man. Everybody has the same reaction. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> well, if I'm on a desert island, I'm not going to have anyone around me. You know, I feel like I'm going to have time to be slow and, you know, take some cool scenic scenarios or whatever. Yes. So I'm going to go to the Pentax 6-7 again. Uh, nice. But, you know, again, it depends on the island. Like if I was on <laughs>
2: yeah. an island
0: filled with wild beasts roaming everywhere, I'm going to take the Contax G2 because it'll be quick. And it's got a great lens and it's fast and that'll help me get those quick moments of, of, uh, you know, before the uh, bears attack me. Yeah. 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 So it depends on the Island, I'd say.
1: I love that nobody nobody can ever say like one. It's like, well, this one, I I wish it was two. Like I can,
0: (laughs) I can easily take two all the time and it would be those two. Like, I mean, that's typically what i do when i travel i have a 35 and a now medium format that i carry with me and and bring them uh depending on the uh, the scenario you know whatever if i'm walking around or you know out with people i'll have the necessary camera with me great so
2: that's a good answer though yeah good one
1: well, this has been wonderful. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. I'm so you were like one of the first people when I was like wanting to start this podcast. Oh so yeah, Joe, to come on, and we have so much to talk about. So oh, I'm glad we finally got to. Yeah, do it.
0: absolutely. I'm this glad we can make great. this happen. This we, is awesome. Where
1: can everybody find you? Where can you check it out?
0: Uh, right. You can check me out on myspace.com. <laughs> yes. no, I'm just
1: That's kind of how we um, began. Eharmony.
0: Uh, actually, it's just my uh, my portfolio site is www.joeperryphoto.com. And Instagram is just my name, at Joe Perry. Nice.
1: Timothy?
2: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Timothy Makeups. I'm also on YouTube under the same name. I also do a podcast. I try to do that weekly as well. And uh, that's called We Believe in Film. That's been living on my YouTube channel as well. So check that out. Chris, where are you at? I'm
1: on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube as Crispy Photo. My other film only. Crispy. My other film-only Instagram is crispy Shoots Film. Uh, Our podcast is on Twitter as Analog Talk Pod. Facebook page you can like and a group you can join, and that's been so fun hanging out with you guys. I know I say it every time, but seriously, it's the best. (laughs) And Instagram, we are Analog Talk Podcast. So give us a like and a follow and a tweet and all the things.
2: (laughs) All the things. Yeah. And don't be scared to say what's up on Instagram, guys. We love talking to you. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Cool. Well, thank you again, Joe. Thanks for having
0: me. It's great. I enjoy any time talking about these stuff. It's
2: great.
1: Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. See ya.
2: All right. So first off, I'd like to thank our guest, Joe Perry, for being on the show. Had a lot of fun chatting with him. But I would like to remind you guys of our Patreon. So head over to www.patreon.com slash analog talk. There we have a bunch of rewards. I know there's like a $5 tier where you get percentages off our merchandise. We have stickers and pins. I know we're working on getting shirts made and a bunch of other stuff. I I think if you donate around the $25 mark, you get a signed print from Chris and I. And uh, you might actually have a chance to be a guest on our show. So... Hey, every little bit helps, and we appreciate every single one of you who have already donated, and we appreciate every single one of our listeners. So until next week, we'll see you. Have a good one.